0: You're listening to the Unemployed AF Dad podcast. Check out the video on YouTube at Unemployed AF Dad. And now here are your hosts, Adam and Leslie Lancaster. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Unemployed AF Dad, Adam and Leslie. And we are so honored to have a special guest today, Mr. Wes Hughes, thanks for joining. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Have you met my wife, Leslie? By the way, um,
1: <laughs> I don't think formally we've been introduced.
0: No, no. I managed
2: uh, in the brief time that I live with you to avoid. All- <laughs> so,
3: mm-hmm. for
0: yeah. those of you who don't know, Wes is married to Leslie's younger sister, Adrian. Mm-hmm. And so
1: that's the connection. That's
0: ever. the connection, and we've known him for a little bit. <laughs> but yeah. uh, just really appreciative of you coming on. We've wanted to get you on the podcast for a while. Um certainly going to let you kind of tell your story and talk, but little background West started his alcohol free journey, like what, two weeks before us back in April of 2022. Yeah. I think it was like the the 12th, 12th. Yeah. And we were like yeah. the twenty twenty third. 23rd. So yeah, right around there. But um, yeah, I think we kind of have a, a little bit of a similar story. So I've been wanting to get you on for a while and just kind of talk about it. And, um, but yeah let's just kind of dive right in just uh kind of let everybody know um your drinking history and kind of what led to your your decision to to stop drinking okay, so it kind of goes back to high school because in high school
2: I didn't drink I was too scared with like sports and I didn't want to get caught and my parents and um so I just kind of you know didn't didn't really drink in high school well then I graduated and that's kind of when you know i'd say it all started i'd say the summer before college um i'd go camping and we'd get some beer and we'd just you know uh as i as i went to college it got a lot worse because of my roommates were older than i was and uh he was he i don't want to say like he was a, a big partier cuz I, I you know I, I don't think he was but you know he was older and he enjoyed drinking so I've gotten a very addictive addictive personality and so um I started, you know, I'd already drank a few times and then I was kind of like, "Oh, I don't have my parents here. I can kind of do it when I want." Mm-hmm. We were all in like the same apartment complex. So we were all, you know, walking to each other's places all the time. So it was really it was really easy. Um and then it just kind of like progressed from there. You know, as I got older, then I turned 21 and I could start buying it on my own, which made it more accessible. Um and a lot easier as well. Plus I had you know, no responsibilities at that time. I don't, I think I had just stopped going to school because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, and so I really didn't have any sort of like anything that was, you know, holding me back as far as like classes or anything. I just kind of was doing my own thing and working at a bar, which also factored into it all. Sure. Um, cause you know, you're around it all the time and customers want to, you know, buy you a shot and, um, you get off work and, you know, you get free beer and stuff. So um, I ended up managing a bar, which kind of, you know, again, kept it going, I'd say even more. So basically from the time that I was 18, alcohol was prevalent. And then just kind of built more, became more and more prevalent and more and more accessible and easier. And I would say more accepted. Like it was kind of weird if you didn't drink sort of a thing.
0: Um, well, especially being a bartender, like that's yeah, unheard of yeah. for a bartender not to drink, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you would show up.
2: There'd be times that we'd show up at like 1030 in the morning to like prep for the day. And like, we'd all do a shot before the shift started. Um, it was just a, a normal thing. I don't know. And I never saw the culture. It. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I, I ended up, uh, you know, working a couple other jobs in restaurants. And again, you know, you're kind of in that environment, I think.
0: Um, Well, you work in late nights and afterwards everybody wants to go out or do something yeah well
2: and like i said like you know you'd close down and like you would get a couple free drinks and uh it was just kind of almost like what you looked forward to at the end of the night right Mm -hmm. Like you've been serving that stuff all day to people so now it's like okay it's my turn right but the problem you know it's three in the morning four in the morning whatever Mm -hmm. it is so uh
1: Kind of goes back to that, yeah. that reward factor, right? Like you've worked all day.
2: Right. You know, right. now
1: I get to get my reward.
2: And I would say, I would say the the difference though is like when I was younger doing that, like I didn't necessarily like think like, okay, I just got to make it to the end of my shift and then I can drink. It was mm-hmm. kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm done working and I can have a drink now. And maybe it's because mm-hmm. the job was kind of like upbeat and fast paced and everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to people. So like it wasn't something that I thought about. Whereas, When I started working like an eight to five like yeah I'd be like man I just want to get off work and have a beer like it's been a long day it's been a stressful day whatever it might be
0: um and And I really thought and then you're like not present in the moment too like all throughout the day you're not really present because you're thinking about oh when I get off then I'm going to have my reward
2: well and and I think that COVID probably made it worse because you're at home so like you're you know 300 feet from your fridge and you can just go grab a beer or whatever. And Like really, they might even know if you have one beer during the day, but Happy so that hour starts think,
0: early and earlier.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think that was kind of like, like a, a hard part. Cause like, you're like, well, it is just right there, right? Like it is so mm-hmm. accessible. Um, and I really thought that once I had kids, the drinking would slow down, but wow. I don't, I don't know if it necessarily increased because I, Still drank quite a bit before I had kids. Um, any occasion that I found an excuse for. Um, and then after I had kids, it was almost like, well, it's been a long day. So now I get time to unwind. And what do you do when you unwind? Like, you sit back and you have a drink. Like, mm-hmm. that's just normal, right? I'd say it's kind of ingrained in our society to, like, oh, you've had a long day. You drink. Uh, you're celebrating something. You have a drink. Like, you want to unwind. You have a drink, right? You don't sit Absolutely. there and ever think, like, man, you want to unwind. Like sit in
0: those emotions
2: and and process the day and reflect on how the day went. Like nobody ever tells you to do that. Right.
0: Or like you want to unwind by going and exercising or, you know, like lifting weights or something. Yeah. So, um, it really kind of all came to
2: a head. I think obviously April 12th of last year, because it was right around Easter. And I don't, I think it was, I don't think it was the Sunday. I think it was the, the Monday. I'm not entirely positive. But, uh, basically like I had drank the night before and I had had too many drinks and I woke up the next morning and like, I was like dog tired and, Mm um, like I ended up calling into work and stuff. Um, and like, that's like once Adrian woke up, that's when she kind of talked to me about it. Cause like I fell asleep on the couch and, um, just did things that wasn't weren't normal like left lights on you know all that sort of stuff so that's kind of when like it kind of all got put i'd say into perspective and adrian was never to the point where she was like you have to quit drinking she was just kind of like we need to like maybe take a break for a little bit or something or just kind of evaluate it because again going into the addictive personality like if i had one i wanted to have five and it's it's that way with anything i mean yeah we had pizza last night We made some pizza and like I wasn't gonna have just one slice. Like I'm gonna have four or five slices. Like that's just that's just how I am. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I I was like, okay, well, I'm just gonna quit drinking. And she was like, oh, okay, you know. And I I think she believed me. I think part of her wanted to believe me, but I don't really know that I gave her a full reason to be like, yeah, he's serious because of in the past. Like I mean, you know, I've said things before and never along the lines of putting drinking. But I feel like. I've said things or said I was interested in things and like never followed through with it. So I'm sure this kind of felt like one of those times, but I just kind yeah, of evaluate like, it like we'll I'm...
0: wait and see. Yeah. You say. yeah, yeah, once. yeah, exactly.
2: Um, Cause I mean, we did a, we did a dry January like X amount of years ago and mm-hmm. like, I, I helped through with it. Like we didn't have any issues there. Um, But I just remember kind of like thinking about things and being like, man, like you've had these sort of things that have happened recently. Like, you know, you you've been want- I've been wanting to try to stop for a while. I just kind of always found an excuse not to or um let something like dictate it basically. Like, oh, you were upset, so let's go have a beer, or oh, you're gonna go work this um beer fest, like you're gonna drink there, so we'll wait until June. Well, in June we have, you know, XYZ coming up vacation. Like you can't quit, you know, you can't start quit not drinking then and so uh, but no, I told myself, like, hey, this isn't really mixed with with my lifestyle. And so I um, I stopped and like haven't ever really had an urge to drink since then, which I think is um, kind of I think that you're along those same lines as me, Adam. But I think it's kind of yeah. uncommon. You know, I, I'm I'm very fortunate in that that I never really had a temptation afterwards to like grab a drink. And I think it was because of the like shame and embarrassment that I felt. Um, that last time that I was like, this is just not good. Plus mm-hmm. like, again, you know, kids and I've always been weird about like alcohol around kids. Cause I don't want them to
0: like, you I don't want, want to model it. that behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And,
2: and yeah, I don't want them to think it's normal. Cause it, when I was growing up, it wasn't, I didn't have yep. Yep. alcohol in our house all the time. And like, I had a cabinet that had bourbon in it and stuff. And like, I never had that as a kid growing up. So, yeah. um, trying to, I guess be the role model too. And so it kind of just all came to a head and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to quit drinking. And so, um, did. I haven't really looked back and it's been, it's been great. So.
0: I think that's interesting going back to when you said, you know, I have an addictive personality. If I was going to have one drink, I was going to have five. That's, that's how I was too, because we've Mm -hmm. talked about moderation before, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, fully convinced that moderation is a thing, maybe yeah. for, for some people, it, it, it truly is, I don't know, but for me, it never was. And, um, you know, I think when you're talking about alcohol, it's, it's a very addictive drug and it is pe- people who can moderate, I would question like, how long can you moderate? Because when we talked to Matt, when we had him on a, a month or so ago, he said depending on where you're at in your drinking I would say moderation is just not something that you can do because the longer you kind of mess with that drug the the more chances you are to become dependent on it. So I think that that is relatable to a lot of people who have drank for, you know, quite a while. The more you drink, the less you can moderate because number one you start to build up a tolerance so one mm-hmm. just doesn't do it for you anymore. You need at least, you know, 2, 3, maybe 4 um but also again it, you're be, you're forming that dependence on it um and that be, it's really challenging to moderate that um and then going back to what you said um kind of about uh just lost my train of thought. What was <laughs> I know you should be writing this stuff down as you talked. I mean, I no, spoke it was, for a very long time. So. No, no. I, I got it now. It <laughs> just light bulb. You were talking about when you when you stopped drinking and it really wasn't that difficult for you um once you made that decision. I've I've talked about that a little bit in the past too. Like not to say that it was super easy. I mean, there were some some challenges along the way, but it never got to the point for me, and I don't think it really did for you, because we've talked about this where you're like Oh, I I I've I've got to have a drink. Like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, you had to just like talk yourself out of it. Maybe like a fleeting moment like, "Oh, you know, a drink drink would sound good, but then you're just like, okay, but I'm not going to. Like it it's not it's not even a temptation. It's just more like maybe a, a, moment. a moment, right? Or like you are around people that are mm-hmm. drinking and you have that flashback to maybe when you were drinking and and a you know, a good time that you had and you're like, "Oh, yeah, but it was it's never like a a struggle like you know going back and forth like should i have this drink no should i should you know Um, some people
1: really do because i know some people do yeah had had spoke about that when she was on the podcast of just kind of you know being with friends also too like she's much younger than us too so she's she was immersed in that culture
0: Wes, did you ever have any moments early on after you decided to stop drinking that you were in a setting that there was alcohol and how did how did that affect you
2: so we went to um we went I went to a vacation with my parents in May. So I mean yeah, it was like yeah. six weeks probably, I'd say if that. And um my my family they don't drink like a ton, but like they were on vacation in Florida mm-hmm. and they wanted to have a few drinks. And so I mean I was around it almost every day. Plus, you know, we've been going to the same spot since my parents were little. Um and my grandma went there and my grandma loved makers and she loved gin and tonics mm-hmm. and uh, pina coladas and stuff. So I think that part of it too is when my parents were down there, they kind of like, you know, like it's honor
1: her
3: memory. Yeah. And yeah, her memory. yeah.
2: Um, so when I went down there, they, you know, would, would ask me if I wanted a beer and I was like, no, I, you know, I'm not going to, I don't really mm-hmm. want anything. And I ended up getting some NA beers. Um, but again, it wasn't, it, it wasn't ever anything that I was like. I felt tempted by. I, I, yeah. and I'm super. Like I said, I'm super fortunate because I've talked to people who have have tried to quit drinking, and they're like, "Yeah, it, you know, it took me X amount of times." Which it still took me, you know, mm-hmm. more than just once. It wasn't like mm-hmm. I was just like, sure. oh, I'm drinking and I'm done. Like there were times before that I wanted to stop. And um,
1: did your family support did... you? Huh? Did your family support you?
2: Yeah, I think at first they were kind of like. Like, wh- like why, and they were like, you know, just try this. And they didn't really understand it. I don't know that I've ever fully opened up to them about it all because uh-huh. um, that's just probably like an emotional block that I have that I will eventually get through. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've talked to them a little bit about it, but they didn't really know why. So they, if they knew the why, they wouldn't have asked me. You know, they wouldn't have said, hey, mm-hmm. you want to try this or whatever. But I mean, there were times I'd be like, oh, you know, try this or dad made this. So so try it, whatever. Like mm-hmm. dad brews this beer, you know, taste it. Um, but then after a while, they just kind of were like, okay, you know, it's not gonna happen. And I had, I had friends prior to that too, that like, I would go over to like their house or whatever. And like, they wouldn't have a drink because I'm there. And I'm like, guys, I'm not fragile. Like,
0: right. Yeah. Like, this (laughs) is my decision. Doesn't mean it has to be yours. And Mm -hmm.
2: I almost took it as like an insult of like, you don't think that I'm strong enough to be around it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then I also understand like, you know, my like, like their, their mindset of like, Hey, I'm going to support you in this. Yes, sort of right. So, there were two ways to kind of look at that. And, um, at that time, I'm still trying to figure out how to function, I guess, without alcohol, not like on a, on a daily basis, but like how to process emotions and. and
0: yeah. Or being social settings. That. Yeah. But, yeah. So well,
2: like.
1: That's a great point, though, Wes, that you bring up like how to process emotions, because I think a lot of times people will drink too. You know, there's a lot of emotion behind it. And so instead of confronting that, it's like, well, I'm just going to drink so I can numb and suppress and, and push that down. And I don't have to deal with that if I'm disassociated with alcohol. And yeah. like, is that something that you did like frequently I mean,
2: yeah, or, I mean, like, are...
1: in, on a very unconscious basis?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I always drank to. I would say there were times that I drank to escape. There were times mm-hmm. that I drank, because yeah. of, like it was a good time. There were, I mean, mm-hmm. th- there were always times and like I, you drink because like you enjoy the feeling that you get when you are drunk or you are buzzed. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's why sure. most people drink. If if sure. they drink because they just like the taste of beer, <laughs> there is no alcohol <laughs> options out there. Like
3: right, you're right. I mean, you're right. Well,
2: and that's that's part of like what I used to say, too. Is I like, was like, oh, I just like the taste of beer. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, well, if you really like the taste of beer, then why does it have to have alcohol in it? And it's like, you know, whatever feeling. So, like, you drink to escape whatever or to get into, you know, like, super you when you're drunk or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. Like, you're always going to be hiding your emotions or escaping emotions Mm -hmm. or subconsciously trying to get away from something um, when you drink because you're trying to get out of your normal state of being, like, what you're supposed to be. So yeah, I mean, there were times that I I drank to, for escape, there were times that I drank because I just didn't want to put up with it or or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. Like, whenever I stopped drinking, like, yeah, Adrian and I had to kind of, like, relearn our relationship. Like, I had to kind of relearn my relationship with my wife. And that's
0: relatable. Yeah.
2: (laughs) And I mean, whatever it is, like, you're kind of relearning it, because I mean, for me, it was a twelve year period of my life. Like it was almost mm-hmm. half my life, I felt like, um, had alcohol in it. And so I'm trying and you to you
1: guys met you and Adrian met at Touch at a bar. At a bar, yeah. You know, that yeah. you guys worked at together. So like your relationship began um with alcohol and you know, sustained. I mean, obviously, when you have kids and stuff, things slow down a bit. But um, you know, that was just a part of the culture between the two of you. And you hadn't really um, had a marriage that was um, sober, very relatable, you know, to Adam and I. Um, And this year has been, I mean, there's been like some difficult times when we're just like, man, we are relearning. What marriage is we're relearning yep. how to connect with each other, how to be present with really uncomfortable emotions together and how to verbally process them and not just, um, you know, try and either like brush it under the rug or, uh, you know, disassociate in some way from that.
0: Or even like have like date nights without our trips that yes. don't revolve around drinking. Like, yeah. what do we do? Like we're now sober we're the not-
1: entire time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Wait, what are we what all are we gonna do
2: and like for me what i started to notice was like i kind of wanted to go back to like childhood like that was like where i wanted to go back because i wanted to feel that kind of security and i think that in a way i wanted to kind of relearn who i was mm-hmm. um, and i yeah, i would beautiful. say that it started prior to even Franklin being born, which is 21. So, I mean, you got to think there, that like there was well over a year where I think subconsciously I was preparing myself for Mm -hmm. this because like whenever he was coming, I found Adrian's old Game Boy and I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) Um, I found one of her old Pokemon games and I was like, I want to play this. And I played it as a kid and I loved it. And so like, it didn't work. So like I bought a, a refurbished version online and like I played that for like, a couple of weeks and then there were just other things i did along the way where i was like kind of connecting back to my childhood which was pre-alcohol less Mm
3: -hmm. and i
2: think kind of getting back in touch with myself which is partially why like when i said i was done drinking like why it made it so easy for me because it was just um i was already prepared like i was mentally there Mm -hmm. um and so i had to kind of relearn myself as well and then By doing that, I was able to relearn Adrian and relearn Phyllis and Franklin and, um, I mean, a whole lot of stuff. You know, goes in relationships, my brother, my parents. I mean, heck, even even my brother-in-laws and in-laws. I mean, there's times Mm -hmm. that like, you wonder, like, obviously not with you, Adam, because you're you were on the same journey. um, Yeah, but I mean, there's times that like you wonder, like, am I going to get ridiculed for for not drinking or for whatever? And luckily, you know, Craig and Art are, are both. The kind of people that like, hey, I'm not going to have a drink. All right, like you know, no big deal, sort of a thing. I mean, Art might joke around with us, but it's out of love and not out of like,
0: true
1: animosity. Yeah, like
2: making me mad that you're not drinking, sort of thing. So,
1: right, um, right.
0: Yeah, that that brings up a good question. Like when, because I I know I've talked about this when I stopped drinking. I did have a few people kind of ask why. Like, and, and the first thought is. If you decide to stop drinking, that means you must have had a problem, right? Like why would you stop drinking if mm-hmm. you didn't have a problem? That's always what what it seems to be the first thought. And I would, sure. you know, I would always say, well, you know, again, uh, that's a problem can look different to many different people, but you don't necessarily have to, you know, have a problem or hit a rock bottom to decide like, "Hey, alcohol isn't serving me. I like my life better without it." And that's why I'm quitting. But did you have anybody who kind of questioned and was like, well, why are you an alcoholic or do you have a drinking problem when you told them you weren't drinking anymore? Um, Not so much because the people that
2: I have in my life, I'm pretty close with and already open with. And so, like, I didn't really have any issues just up front telling them, like, you know, this is what's happened and, um, or this is how I've been feeling. But then also, I started doing triathlons. And so, um, I was I was pretty competitive with them and I really enjoyed doing them and I was getting better and better the more that I did. And so for people who I didn't know too well, I would just tell them, like, oh, I race triathlons. Like, I I don't you know, I'm trying to do whatever. And so I just
1: that's that's yeah, nice to oh. have that because people aren't going to question that. Right. Yeah. Like
2: oh,
0: that Im- makes sense,
1: physical shape. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. And there was. remember there was one time and i and and this is a time that really stuck out to me it's nothing like negative or anything but it was when i was kind of like maybe my parents don't know that like i'm serious about not drinking again um because i went to a tournament with my dad a golf tournament that he was working we went to his tent and it was a we had had friends who whatever like owned the tent it was like a a corporate one and so there was alcohol i mean the free alcohol and there was free food um and one of the ladies like hey let me get you a drink my dad's like no i'm working and I was like, "Yeah, I'm good." And my dad goes, "Yeah, he races triathlon, so he's not drinking for now." And I was kind of like, "Well, (laughs) I told you, like, I'm just not drinking anymore." But that was when it was kind of like, and maybe it's it's a product of who I was as a person of like saying I was going to do something and not following through with it. I don't remember those times like very vividly, but maybe it was just one of those things. Maybe it's you know my parents, you know, weren't really accustomed to like being around people who had a life without alcohol, not that their friends mm-hmm. are alcoholics mm-hmm. or anything. Cause that's not obviously the case. And that's not the stigma around it, but like you just don't get a lot of people now who don't drink. And mm-hmm. so maybe yeah. they're just kind of yeah. like, oh, he's taking a break or whatever. Cause again, I mean, they knew my track record and my history of um, like really enjoying like the taste of beers and breweries and everything. So sure. but that time really stuck out with me. And I was like, well, like on the surface, like it's okay. It's acceptable to tell people that. You know like hey he races but like deep down if you're like well he just doesn't drink i'm afraid that you know maybe they don't say that because then they'll either question themselves or the person who you told will start questioning things or
1: yeah like um, oh i wonder what happened i wonder what that story is yeah or you question
2: why they drink themselves and again we've talked about it makes people uncomfortable yeah yeah. that 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 uncomfortability that comes with like self-reflection and Mm -hmm. um everything else and so it's just easier and more acceptable, to put it in another way, to have an excuse sort yeah. of thing, so. Um,
0: you know, you mentioning triathlons and golf and that that kind of is a good segue into um, something I wanted to mention about sports in general, because you and I have had this conversation a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, there is this kind of uh, association in our society with sports and alcohol. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and especially when it comes to men, like you think about going to sporting events and having drinks or, or getting together with your buddies and watching a game and having drinks. And, you know, it, it just seems to be one with the other. And I know for you that that was kind of a struggle, like watching sports without the alcohol. And it was for me too, because that's just what I did. That was my routine. Yeah. I would go downstairs, turn on a game and, and grab a drink. Yeah. And,
2: and, uh, as you know, I'm a, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan.
3: So, um,
2: <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, um, which is nowhere near the truth, but
3: um,
2: I, I think when I drank, sports became a lot bigger to me than they should have been, yeah, um, and they were like, they were like life at that point. Like, I would drink and I'd just get so invested in my team, and then I would start mm-hmm. saying like negative things about other people, or just kind of making I don't know the language that I can use on this show, so we'll just tone it down. <laughs> Kind of making a butt face of myself, I was, <laughs> um,
3: and
2: and like I said, like it was almost like like sports would dictate like my life for a while. I mean, when the Blues yeah. won the cup, like yeah, I celebrated. When the oh, Chiefs, me won too, man, Bowl, <laughs> me too. Yeah, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I was butt hurt and everything. <laughs> um, and so, actually, sports was kind of a weird topic because um, I, I had been trying to get away from that. And again, it took being in my emotions and being emotionally present for me to realize like that I need to detach myself. Like don't get me wrong. I still cheer for the Cardinals and the blues and all them. Um, and the 49
0: it You put it in perspective.
2: Yeah. It puts it in perspective and like, they're just people. It's just a sport. Right. So yeah. like, I don't have the disdain for the chiefs or the Cubs or whoever it might be. Cause I'm, I've learned to appreciate the sport for what it is. Um, now, going to a sporting event is a little different because there aren't really like any na options at at games yeah Um, that's
0: that's unfortunate i mean i'm hoping that changes because you and i are are pretty big na fans and we've seen kind of the emergence of really good na's um in just in the last few Mm -hmm. years and uh, and i hope that it does start to kind of trend towards you know sporting events because i mean i I have memories of going to sporting events with my dad when I was a kid, and I will, you know if my kids want to go to sporting events, I want to be able to take them and not be around a bunch of drunks and you yeah. know and, and just the ruckus that sometimes you tend to to see at sporting events as people drink more and more um so yeah i i agree I, I wish there was a, a few more n a options at at sporting events i mean there'd probably be like fourteen dollars for one but <laughs> for half a
2: cup but it also right. brings to the to the table again going back to how much do people like the sport and how much do they enjoy the excuse to drink
3: yeah mm-hmm. you
2: know i mean and that was something that i've dealt with and something that i've learned about like there were times that like i would drink even if my team wasn't playing because it was a good game or whatever it might be mm-hmm. and now i find myself like at night being like all excited for it and then i turn on and i'm like well, I'd rather watch this documentary about functional mushrooms. Or I'd rather... <laughs> you, know, I'd rather you sound
0: back. like Leslie. So, I'm
2: just kind of like...
1: I will watch that documentary with you 100%. Okay. I, I
2: I have been... I don't know too much about them yet, but I am all on board with
1: like... Yeah. Fungi. Did you watch... Um. Oh, what is it? It's the, the Fungi. Fantastic Fungi? Yes. Did you yes, watch it?
2: I did. Oh, my gosh. My but, mind
1: was like blown. Yeah. Blown. The more like, that I hear amazing. about it,
2: and the more that I, um, like, read and stuff, like, the the fact that alcohol is a legal substance mm-hmm. and stuff like psychedelics aren't mm-hmm. absolutely blows my mind. Um, mm-hmm. Because alcohol is, and, and I forget the statistics that I heard, but I know that it's accounted for a majority of cancers last year and stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's, but then it's like the fourth fourth leading cause of death in the U.S. That might not be right, but it's it's up there, you it's know. Somewhere. It's, and then people talk about like you know with functional like
2: or not functional, but like with psychedelics, like oh well, it, it gives you you know makes you feel like you're invincible and you can do this and you can do that. Well, what does alcohol do when you're drunk? <laughs> like when you're drunk, you you're, have impaired oh,
0: judgment. You think yeah, exactly. No
2: control, and you drive, and you like yeah, that's you the feel scary like part. invincible, and and so.
1: I don't think that's, I mean, psychedelics, I don't, you know, agree that they should be used like on a daily basis or Correct. anything like that. But, okay. um, I do know that people have done, um, Oh, what is it called a microdosing, yep. and they've had a lot of really good success with microdosing. And yep. if you have, you know, depression, anxiety, um, any like just trauma that you're trying to work through, it mm-hmm. really helps to bring that stuff to the surface and in a very, um, um like a linear way so that you can process through it rather than kind of just being in this like abyss of emotion and not not understanding how to process it Mm -hmm. so i think that there's some really amazing benefits to it and i actually looked up in like the st louis area there's actually some psychologists that are working with um um psychedelics. So you can do, you know, you can do psychedelics in conjunction with um you know talk therapy which my gosh, could you imagine if you uh, if you merged those two together how yeah. much ground you could cover and you know change your life and then you know change the world and it's just yeah
3: I, I'll, I'll as, opposed to, do, to watch as opposed
2: this. to going to a doctor and being like, oh, I've got anxiety. Well, here, let me write you this prescription. Yeah, right? Here's some Exactly.
1: Here's this to take care of yeah. this symptom rather than like, okay, let's figure out like what the source is. Let's figure out what that root mm-hmm. cause is so that you don't have to live with this for the rest of your life. So you don't have to you know, deal with this consistently over and over again. I don't know about you, but I'm like a definite believer that our body talks to us. Mm. And it's just if we want to listen or not, you know.
2: Well, and, and I, I personally think in the medical world, there's room for like psilocybin and stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. I think the psychedelics do have their place in the medical mm-hmm. world. I'm mm-hmm. not going to sit here and say like, hey, on a Tuesday night, you should be sitting there, you know, a whole bunch of <laughs> like. Probably doing it
3: for no, a definitely at not. Point. Right.
1: Yeah, you need to approach it with um, yep. like honor and reverence for what it is and what it can do for you. It's not something that, yeah, you're just going to sit on your couch and you're not going to, yeah, pop mushrooms so that you can, you know, get high and disassociate because right. there you are again. Yeah, you're, you're, the you're, you
0: something. Exactly. It's the know. same cycle that just you have alcohol. been in. Yep.
1: Exactly, exactly. So if you're doing it with a trajectory of like healing and wanting to get to the root cause, then yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm all in it.
2: Within that documentary there was Paul Stamets story and mm-hmm. um,
1: with the tree Uh
2: I'm I'm talking more about his stutter.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like when he like yeah, did all yeah. the mushrooms and then he yes. like that big storm came and he hung, oh, yeah. Yeah, hung yeah. on to the tree for like I don't I don't know how and long he like,
2: connected that? with his with his brain and he was like uh-huh. Was telling him like you know how to talk. Like you know mm-hmm. how to do it
3: yeah And then yeah. he
2: just woke up the next morning and no thunder like right. it's
1: just... and he had had it all his life
2: and like wow. and then his mom having cancer and like her taking turkey tail mushrooms, uh-huh. which are hundred percent i mean like they're legal. I have a drink in the fridge it's um oh gosh it's it's they make kombucha and they made this like they call it a mushroom elixir, and it's mm-hmm. got like shaga rishi and turkey tail in it. And it tastes it's like, just like
0: the coffee we drink, mm-hmm. the four sigmatic. Yeah, just like yeah. four
2: sigmatic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I I think yeah. I mean the fact that alcohol is is so not only is it prevalent, but like you have it at college events now, and I'm sure it'll probably be a matter of time. And I mean, it'll probably be a while, but I'm sure eventually it'll probably be at high school events too, because yeah. and, and yeah. it's it's associated in sports and yeah. yeah. So
0: we we've mentioned this before. I don't think we've talked too much in depth about it, but I saw. Um, I've seen a few people, but Doctor Amon comes to mind. I, I saw a video that he posted, and he's convinced that I don't know what the time frame—five, ten, fifteen years—that we'll look back on alcohol just like we look back on cigarettes today, and mm-hmm. be like, "How did we? Number one, think this was okay, and number two, you know, why why was it so prevalent in our society?" Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's convinced that we'll look at alcohol the same way, and. I hope that's true. I, I still think ultimately it's about money, and as long as they're making money, um, you know, I think they're going to find ways to keep it around. But it, yeah. it I think the, the the statistics are coming out there are saying like all these studies before that said alcohol. Had positive health benefits were were incorrect. They were yeah, just, absolutely alcohol
3: companies.
0: Exactly. I mean, you just you talked about earlier the the association with cancer and um you know and
1: Alzheimer's. Yeah, just, know. just
0: just it increases your your chances of getting sick in so many different mm-hmm. ways. Not to even mention just you, your day to day. You just don't feel very good. We talked yeah. about like how I didn't realize how bad I felt. Until I stopped drinking, I was like, oh, this is how you sleep. This is how you, the kind of energy you have every day. Like, this is what it's supposed to feel like. This is not how I felt when I was drinking it. And, you know, I was like you, us. I didn't drink every single day, but you know, it can carry over because you drink, drink a little bit too much one night and then you're kind of feeling sluggish for the next two or three days. And then you drink again and it just, you repeat the cycle. So I
2: sent you this quote and it's one that I really, really liked. Yeah. And I'm glad I got the chance to throw it in. So thank you for that lead
3: up. (laughs) It says,
2: it says when you drink, you're borrowing tomorrow's happiness.
3: Absolutely.
2: I like that because like, when you think about it, like, yeah, when you drink, like you're going to be like, I mean, for the most part, most of us are going to be unavailable. I would say for the next day, uh, Mm -hmm. depending on how much you drink. Now, obviously somebody who's listening to this is like, well, I have one or two beers. Like, yeah, you may may not have as big of an effect on you but um yeah and then like it just it's one that really resonated with me because i go back and think of a time when i was uh in a basement and i had a pounding headache for an entire day and that entire day was gone now i didn't have kids at the time um but I laid around. I watched Parks and Rec. I ate Papa Johns and drank Wild Cherry Pepsi, and that was like—I think I, re-
0: I think I recall that day actually.
2: I—I <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, like that entire day was like it was gone, and it was a day that I could have spent with my wife. It was a day I could have spent with my niece. It was a day I could have spent doing hundreds of other things. But instead, I just yeah couldn't do anything and so yeah it, it's a quote that's really stuck out with me so i
0: mean and there's yeah there's so many weekends that you look back and you know as you get older at least in my case it, even the less i drank, still i just didn't feel very good and i mean yeah. it would only have to be a couple drinks and you know yeah i wasn't down for the count the entire day but you wake up a little bit later you, with a little bit less energy it takes you a bit longer to get going and you've already lost you know maybe three or four hours of your day that you, you know, would have been, okay. uh, yeah, would have been, you know, um, accomplishing something or enjoying it and why, you know, your weekends are so precious, you know, mm-hmm. for the, those of us who work in a, you know, traditional Monday through Friday job, mm-hmm. I just don't know why you would want to waste those days. And I, I have posted on Instagram before, <laughs> like I've wasted too many weekends already. I'm not doing it ever yeah. again. Like, um,
3: I
1: was looking up that quote comes from, uh, I, it's like an ancient Chinese proverb, but it talks about caffeine, and caffeine borrows energy from tomorrow. You mm-hmm. said that, I and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, and uh yeah, that really resonated with me because being caffeine yeah
3: i cool.
2: love I love caffeine and and <laughs> I enjoy coffee the- man i think there are health benefits with caffeine and coffee as long as you have like organically like good
1: like good coffee, yeah without
0: pesticides and Um, chemicals
1: just spurred that thought so i was like i'm trying i was trying to figure out who said it but i can't i I, it was uh,
0: dr seuss
1: dr seuss yeah (laughs) the (laughs) The ancient chinese (laughs) proverbist
0: he was wise
1: he was wise
2: um oh my gosh no i also i also it came down to sort of a Like relationship with my kids thing and then also like respect for my wife because like on the nights that i stayed up and drink like i wasn't available in the morning to get up early with the kids whenever because you know young kids they get up early and like to let her sleep um or to spend time with them in that or those early morning hours or if i did i was not 100 percent there i'm like fighting around to get some coffee in me or something and letting them watch tv whereas um now I'm, I'm, I'm more available to get up early, to spend time with them, um, maybe, maybe let her sleep whenever I can, that sort of thing. So um,
1: yeah, I, yeah, you're more like present.
3: And I, and yeah, available. I
0: love the schedule that I'm on now that I you know, don't drink because I, I think you and I, Wes, were pretty similar in that we like to stay up a little bit later. We used mm-hmm. to, you know, um, because, again, it gave us an excuse to maybe like stay up and watch a game and, and have a few drinks after you know, our family went to bed. And now I, I like going to bed when they go to bed because I like being up early. And, you know, I, I think we were meant to be that way, right? When the sun starts going down, that's when our bodies just start winding down. Yeah. And the longer you yeah. kind of delay that, then the, sometimes yeah. the harder it is to fall asleep. That's
1: the whole natural chemical process. Like when the sun is going down, your your body naturally releases melatonin, mm-hmm. which tells your brain, hey, it's time to it's time to shut down. It's time to go to bed rather than you know, and then when the sun comes up, tells your brain, Hey, it's time to wake up. There's light here.
3: Yeah. Well, and this is there a book neat. With, it's.
2: I'm reading a book called think like a monk by Jay Shetty. And I,
1: Oh, I love Jay Shetty. His podcast is amazing.
2: And he said, I actually just read a chapter on sleep because like, uh, Adrian's transitioning to a job where she's getting up super early now. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway, it was, it was talking about like, between it's something with HGH and your body. And it's, there's a benefit to it, and something happens with the release of it. But the times that you release it most are between ten and twelve. So if you're staying uh, awake yes. those times, if you're yeah, not, if you're not asleep during that time, yeah, you're not yeah. getting the benefit, uh, that maximum benefit that you could be getting.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but no, I've been uh, obviously on nights that I can, like you said, Adam. I'll, I've been trying to go to bed at nine forty-five ish. Yeah. Um, and so anybody listening, don't come to my door at ten o'clock. <laughs> And morning. then I've been trying to wake up with the sunrise because there, there are benefits to getting up with the sunrise. And um, I'm a firm believer in technology doesn't really have a place in the bedroom. And um, like there's, you know, you should, you should limit. There's I a lot of studies that back that get up. up a lot. Yep. So I'll get up at 545 and like, I'll turn my alarm off. And if, you know, if Adrian's texting me, I'll, I'll talk to her. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I put my phone down and like go outside and like you just sit and like you're in nature. Now I'm lucky enough that oh, I
0: have a porch, so and it's so uh, nice too. It's just quiet and you're just enjoying the sounds and the yeah. sunrise. It's, well, your brain, like you're giving your brain a chance to wake up.
2: And the way that it was put was, if you if you get up and like you're automatically checking, um, I think this was Corbin Burns that said it. Possibly. But if you're checking, like, social media and you're doing this and you're doing that, like, you're essentially, like, letting in thousands of people into your life before you've even yes. yes. washed your hair. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's such a good way to put it. And so mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to get a, a sunrise alarm clock and see how that goes to where it kind of like when the sun's rising, it's, you know, mimicking that in your room. Um cool. Yeah, I mean, there's I love
0: that. Yeah. I love that you brought that up because I just was listening to a Mark Gross podcast and he was talking about, you know, so not even just social media, just technology in general and how, you know, our central nervous system was not created to be able to consume all of the the things that are coming at us on a consistent basis. No wonder that anxiety and depression mm-hmm. and you know all these chronic illnesses are through the roof because our bodies cannot handle you know, the technology can be great. You know, having information at your fingertips is good. But it, if if you're getting it constantly throughout the day, you know, our bodies just can't handle that. And as a result, we are more anxious. We are more depressed because we're not spending as much time out in nature or just in silence with our own yeah. thoughts. Like, when was the last time you just sat and thought for a while? Yeah. Yeah, you do know. <laughs> not, not <laughs> yeah. for a distraction. I
2: mean, unless you like. I've I've taken to meditation, so I I really enjoy meditating. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, unless you do that, like, no, there is a constant distraction, and it's I would say technology would be the cause for ninety nine percent of like disagreements with Adrian and I because she'll be trying to talk to me, and I'll I'll be like focusing on the game, or I'll be trying to talk to her, Mm -hmm. and she'll be like looking at something. Um, It was yesterday; she was looking up something about Taylor Swift. And I was trying to get her attention and she wasn't responding. And I was like, jokingly, I go, I don't like what Taylor Swift is turning you into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Leslie's notorious for that. We, She cannot multitask. If you try to talk to her while she's like on her phone, doing something, it's like talking to a brick wall. I it's can, just no response.
1: I can multitask. Like when I'm trying to look for something and, and like absorb information, I can multitask, like take care of the kids and, you know, make a meal and, and things like that but like no if i am like searching for something on my phone or i'm looking at something like that's my attention and that's all i can do
3: if you especially if if it's
1: taylor swift i mean let's be real don't
2: get me started (laughs) um if you if if you notice it too like technology is 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 becoming more and more common with younger kids um -hmm. and like if you watch people going like whenever they're out to dinner at a restaurant like Mm -hmm. technology um let's just know, give them an or iPad or you know, whatever. Keep, yep. Or if there's a break in the conversation, people are tracking social media. Uh-huh. Um and again that prompts another quote by Jay Shetty where he said, Nobody wants to go to dinner with you while you're on your phone or something like that. And I was like, That's true. And I was like, I wouldn't want to go like like Adam, if you drove down and we we went to dinner and I'm sitting there like on my phone, like doing Facebook and you're mm-hmm. just sitting there like wanting sitting to have a conversation, a yeah, like it's it is it, it, it's it's rude and it's not something that like we ever but, did previously but that's but
0: it's it's a that's what young people are used to now they're used to their relationships being through a screen and oh, yeah. when they are in a in a you know real setting where mm-hmm. they're across from somebody they don't know how mm-hmm. to react they don't the body language they they it makes them uncomfortable because they're not used to it, mm-hmm. and that that's the scary part like again technology can be great the fact that we're able to do this through technology mm-hmm. when you're four and a half hours away is is a nice thing. But yeah, when it consistently is part of your life and it replaces being in person with people, yeah. that's when it becomes a, a little bit of an issue. Yeah. And
1: when you allow it to like hijack your brain, which then in turn hijacks your life, and especially when we're giving such a highly addictive... Um, Thing to small children who, I mean, your prefrontal cortex, cortex of your brain, is not fully developed until you're 25. And you know, we're giving kids tablets when they're two. You know, which
0: brings yeah. the question up: Why is legal drinking age 21 when your brain isn't is fully, fully developed? developed yet? Yeah,
1: exactly. Hmm. But I mean, the same thing. You know, like you can make life-altering can, decisions, yeah, like going um, into the military, the military, to vote, to um, yeah. take out. A, you know tens of thousands of dollars in a uh, student loans That's you know honest. i mean w- like we can go on and on and on as you, know,
2: you pass a simple test Exactly. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Like we don't take into consideration that, you know, yeah, 25, your brain is. And even when we do reach 25, like it's not like this, like giant epiphany of like, oh, we suddenly make all great decisions because we got Mm -hmm. married at 25 and we made a lot of very poor decisions (laughs) from 25 until late 30s, you know, I mean, so that doesn't even mean that like, you know, you suddenly come online at 25 and, you know, things light up. But I think it does give you a bit of a leg up of um, the ability to um, have foresight and be able Mm -hmm. to see like, oh, is probably not the best decision because, you know, I might get hurt or I might hurt somebody else or, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, I don't think Um, I really figured out who I was until I was like 30 or Yeah, I'm still figuring it out. Oh,
1: I was early 30s, you know, went through the whole like surrender thing, healing, you know, I'm still in the midst of that. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm. And I think that's like one of the most beautiful things about having children is that children have this amazing ability to hold up a mirror in front of you and show you like every single thing that, Mm. you know, is wrong. With you, I mean, I know that's probably a little bit harsh, and you know, maybe uh, maybe just things you
0: something. need to improve. But on, things you that know. you
1: need to improve, or things that are not serving you, or mm-hmm. are things that, yeah, you need to figure out about yourself. Um, yeah. but you know, some people will be like, "Oh my gosh, that's really terrifying about children." But for me, like, that was the magic of having kids. You know, because I don't mm-hmm. know where I would be if we had decided not to have children. I don't know where I would be because I don't think I would have ever invested in myself, just because I felt like I deserved to, I I brought children into the world. And I decided, you know, to bring them here. And so now this is my responsibility to teach them to raise them. And I got to have my stuff together in order to do that for them. So it was only, you know, by their being here that I was able to, to start working on myself.
3: And I, well, I think and a lot of parents always- will say that yeah and and,
2: like it's hard to like really i would say have it together before you have kids Mm -hmm. because like you don't know the responsibility that yeah that goes into it and then like not and and this isn't in a bad way this term gets you know the word selfish is is always has a negative you know whatever but like i feel like before we have kids like we're kind of selfish individuals because we get to do what absolutely and you don't like you don't realize like once you have kids like you obviously don't get to do that. But then you start to realize how much more valuable it is to spend time on yourself and to spend time. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
0: you have to, to become a better parent. Yeah.
2: Correct. But also and part I think of that become... too is being present like with yourself, whether it be by yourself or present like with, you know, with your, your significant other. Um, mm-hmm. so,
0: and I don't, I don't think alcohol allows you to do that. Exactly. You know, no, no it sure. there's yeah. no way. I think you
1: become become more like cathartic when you move into your thirties as well. Like you Mm -hmm. become more, um, like you, you understand more about what your parents were talking to you about and you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Like I understand, I understand what they're saying now.
3: Yeah.
0: Wes, I did want to ask you one thing. Um, so now that you don't drink, you've, you've been alcohol free for over a year. What do you think was the biggest lie that you told yourself about alcohol when you were drinking? That's a good
1: question.
2: That, uh, almost, like I said, going back to like the unwinding, well,
0: well, hold on. Hold on. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't text me this question. I, stump- I stumped you. I know. I, I just impromptu. I'm trying to think came, of the biggest thing. out of my hat. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Um,
2: uh, let's see. Probably like, I would say that like, I had like, almost that I felt like I had to have it. Like, hmm I couldn't imagine doing things without having it like without like I couldn't imagine going to a sporting event without having it. I couldn't imagine going to um, a wedding without having it. I couldn't imagine, you know, having a rough day without, you know, being able to come home and get that get a drink after. So I think for me, it was hard to. Think about life without having it and like the fact that like it benefited me and that i was old enough and mature enough to handle it and all this sort of yeah, stuff
0: yeah um, that- yeah I, I would say yeah along the same lines like i think the biggest lie i told myself was it was not affecting my life that i had yeah that's a good control one. yeah that's a because good because you you really don't you know see it from a different perspective obviously until you're on the other side and that's when you can be like, wow! It really did have control of my life. Again, even if you're not drinking every day, and uh, from the outside world, you don't have a problem. You can see that it was affecting you, and there, there were problems because of your drinking. So, well, yeah, it's so prevalent. Like, I'll, man, I'll go everywhere, right. and like, I'll see like, like little
2: airplane shooter bottles, like on the ground, like off the road. Like, there was a a giant like a fireball bucket that was on the side of the road when I was driving earlier today, and like. I, I think that I didn't really notice how prevalent it was in our society and how normalized it was in our society until I stopped. And that's when I was kind of like, yeah, what's oh, all around? I and mean, heck, I got a neighbor who on their flagpole in the backyard, they have a flag that says cold beer. And I'm like, <laughs> like, just it's all said, it says cold beer. Yeah. I'm like, like, what are we doing? Uh-oh.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Hold on, I got a guest that I have to grab.
1: A guest,
2: a surprise guest.
0: Oh. Bedhead at all. <laughs> Before we ended the st- the show, we we definitely had to get our nephew on yes. here for so- for a little FaceTime. He's a uh, he didn't nap very long. Only he'll nap
2: for a couple hours, and he got about an hour in right now. So
0: poor but, yeah, Franklin's had a rough week.
2: We'll have a movie afternoon. He'll probably sit here for a little <laughs> bit, but
0: yeah, I mean that's a uh...
2: I it's crazy to think of my life now without alcohol. And to think of how it was before and just kind of like, like where I'm at as a person now, professionally, um, like the things that I'm doing and and just, Mm -hmm. it's crazy because uh, I just never thought it would be like a thing. Like I never thought it'd be possible. Um,
0: Yeah. It impacts every single area of your life.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and, and. I'm just so much better off and I know myself so much better and mm-hmm. I can spend time with myself without having to have a distraction. I can sit outside, um, you know, with just nature and just be, um, I can spend time with my wife. We can go out to eat and not have to get, you know, alcohol and enjoy, you know, and have a quality conversation. And I don't need that sort of like,
0: uh, well, you're not, you're not focused on where your next drink is.
2: Yeah. Like from. I don't need that social lubricant to like, I, mm-hmm. I can just be who I am and like, I'm also kind of a piece of that in a sense of like, I am who I am and like people don't want to be around that or they don't appreciate that. Then, Hey, that's, you know, that's fine. Like it is, what it is sort of a thing. So.
1: Sorry, I didn't mean to cut
3: you off. No, Go ahead.
1: Um, But yeah, that is like, so empowering that you say, you know, that you just get to be yourself and mm-hmm. that's it. Um, Because once you stop drinking and you don't have anything to kind of, um, yeah, be that social lubricant for you like you're kind of forced to decide um, who you want to be and and who you are and dive into that stuff. And uh, it's really empowering to go into a social situation and just be yeah. like, I'm mm-hmm. not nervous. I'm not worried. I'm not because I know who I am a 100% at my core. And yeah. Uh, you know you can have you you're comfortable having like the deep conversation you're comfortable having um like you want to have that connection Mm -hmm. um and then hopefully you know you're with people that want to have that heart connection with you absolutely yeah
0: yeah no
2: and like you said there is something like there is something to be said about how it feels to know that you don't like need that like and I can mm-hmm. be my truest self at all times. Like I don't have to mm-hmm. try to sound like cool when I'm talking about bourbon or beer or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. I can just, I can be me and
1: mm-hmm.
2: we can talk about
1: functional color. mushrooms and psychedelics <laughs> yeah, and yeah. meditation. And my you biggest know, all thing, the...
2: is, I love talking about mindset. Like I love talking yes. about mindset, yes. cognitive growth. And yeah. that's one thing that I've noticed a lot with sports. Um, Whether I started umpiring, but like also since I quit drinking and doing my own sort of, of growth. Um, no, I, 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 I really dove into like the mental stuff since I quit drinking, Mm -hmm. because I think that our brain is so powerful and I don't think we give it enough credit. Um, Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things that I realized when I was drinking was I was giving my, my power, my emotions away to alcohol to other people to sports to whatever it might be and that's like i mean that's one of your most powerful things is your emotions because they dictate a lot right so whenever you do that like you're giving that power away like you're giving somebody else that power Mm -hmm. um as opposed to being able to just kind of keep it in check and and being in control of yourself so
0: absolutely awesome Wes, thank you so much for being on here. Hey, so you. proud of you, dude. Love you, man. Great conversation. Proud of you guys as well.
2: This is this is great. I Thanks. enjoy it. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. Hope you guys have a wonderful week.